Grab your hard seltzer, a glass of wine, or a shot of tequila. It's time for Girl Talk. Let's get real. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 32. And if you've been on our social media, you have seen the teaser for this episode. So before teasers, we- yeah, teasers. a couple of them out there. <laughs> so we are going to uh, start this off with what we're drinking, and we might have a little extra something, something in the glass. Because we're going to we it. do. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. This is, uh, you know, every once in a while we have an episode that uh, either is so heavy or so funny that we just add a little something to our drinking. So this yes. is one of them. And we decided to start off with a shot mm-hmm. to uh, to go along with our beverages. So, And also, I, I don't think we've recorded since we've been separated again. So we are not together in San Antonio anymore. Right. Um, I am over in Phoenix, so I don't know what you're drinking. So tell me what you're taking a shot of and what you're drinking. Well, I am drinking Siren Rock the Prima Diva Blonde L. And I actually, I'm not a Blonde L fan, but I actually like this one a lot. It's good, isn't it? And it's a fucking uh, Prima Diva. I'm pretty sure that's me on the can. I don't know how they did that, but very polite of them. Well, you know, of course we had Eva on last episode. And um, so she didn't confirm this, but I'm just pretty sure because we had her on the last episode that it's true that she she kind of did an ai combination of your face and my face Very and nice yep and then of course you know name the beer after us so yes. that that's who that pink lovely lady is on the front of that can yeah i i mean the resemblance is just uncanny Right, right. Like you can see part where it's you and part where it's me, but all that matters is that we're prima divas. And thank you, Siren Rock, for that lovely beer, which is also what I'm drinking. Oh, well, look at us. Hey, hey. prima divas. And for my shot, I'm taking Casamigos uh, Blanco. Tequila. Nice. Yeah. Lovely. Um, I, as you know, do not love tequila. I am doing a shot of vodka. And you know what? I give Costco props for their alcohol line. Their vodka is actually really good. Yes. Yes, it is. And I I have, you know, I'm a tequila girl. And I just absolutely fell in love with Casamigos. Their Blanco tequila is fire. It is made in Jalisco, Mexico, which you're familiar with that place, right? That's where I lived. So Jalisco is the state that I lived in. Uh And I lived in Guadalajara, which is, you know, the big city there. But the city of Tequila, Jalisco, is only about 30 minutes outside of Guadalajara. And that is where all the agave plants grow. Well, the majority of them. And where most of the really good tequila is from. So... Okay. I am well, not surprised that it's made there. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's lovely. Good choice. Good choice. All right. Are you ready to take your shot? I am absolutely ready to take my shot. Okay. Okay. Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. Two, three. Oh, that Ooh. is so good. Tequila. 
Lovely, lovely. Well, that shout is down, and we have our prima divas to go. Yes. And on that note, would you like to do the honors of introducing what we're talking about tonight? Because I'm so excited. I've told so many people about this all day long. Like, I've just been on one constant high all day long about this episode. <laughs> and I'm going to tell our listeners right now, without giving you any spoilers, Listen all the way to the end, because I guarantee you this is not going to end how you think it's going to end. I am telling you now, this is the juiciest fucking tea that you have heard in a very long time. But on top of that, and even more importantly, if you're single and you're dating, you need to fucking hear this. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. Absolutely. And that is, I mean, is it a fun story to tell? Yes. But ultimately, that is my main reason for wanting to tell this story is because I have been dating for a little over four years now since my divorce. And so I've kind of gotten to know the ropes of the dating world and dating sites. We've done an episode on dating sites. Um, But if you're fresh off of divorce, and I know... at least in my case, when I was fresh off of divorce, I just thought you jump on the dating sites and you meet other people that want to date. And then you go on dates and you either get along or you don't. And that's how it works. Like I, I really was that naive. And so to other people who, who might still be in that boat and think that dating is just that simple on these dating sites in 2023 just really to give them a heads up that uh that everything is not as it appears yes yes that's so putting it lightly (laughs) (laughs) my my butthole is so clenched with excitement right now (laughs) i can't i can't is is that an expression or did you just come up with that right now? Because <laughs> I, I have never heard anyone else say that they're clenching their butthole out of excitement. But I mean, no, no shame if, if, if that's what everybody clenches their butthole in excitement. Is that <laughs> well, that's not just living under thing. a fucking rock? Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> that's not just a me thing. Well, uh, next time I get really excited, I'm going to pay more attention because <laughs> I probably do. I just, you know, uh, just have it by this point, you know. Oh, Lord. This is why we drink. This is this is why we drink. All right. So without, okay. without context, this episode is all Cheryl's story. Uh-huh. Cheryl is going to share with us an experience that she had. And again... It's not going to end the way you think it is. So please stick with us. But um, Cheryl, I'm going to turn it over to you. I have little bits and pieces and interactions, Uh but I am just only going to interject or share my side when it applies. But basically, it's all your show at this point. I'm probably going to have some questions. So, Uh, Well, let them rip. I love questions. So I have been single for a couple years now. I, uh, I have been divorced for almost five and then had a little relationship for about a year. So it's been about two, two and a half years that I've been single. And within that time, I've dated here and there, but just really never you know, met anyone that, that I meshed well with. And, and so I was on Bumble. 
and matched with this gentleman in Phoenix. It was when I was living in Phoenix, which is where I'm back living, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. And he was just super, super cool guy. Um, educated, very tall. I'm six one, so the fact that he was six five was attractive to me because it it's always, you know, nice to have someone a little taller than you. So that was fabulous. Yeah. And then lots of good conversation, lots of interests that we had in common. And so I think right from the get-go, we just hit the ground running conversation-wise. And so within a week, he asked me out on a date. And we ended up going to a very nice Italian restaurant. And um, he got there first and then texted me to let him know when I got there because he wanted to meet me at the door and walk me back to the table, which he had already gotten for us. So my first impression was, wow, you know, (laughs) chivalry isn't dead. And I, I was super impressed. So we went to, we actually decided to sit at the bar, which was perfect for me because there was live music that night. And so we had a great view of the stage and um, bartender was super nice. We were chatting with him and this, this man that I was on the date with was uh, super friendly to the bartender. And so we, we just had a great time. And then the live music started and we danced and had some great Italian food. It was just a, by all means, a fabulous first date. And I, I remember telling you about it, like, wow, this guy was a, a gentleman. We had a great food. You know, we danced. It was fantastic. Then after that, we continued texting back and forth, back and forth, uh, multiple times daily, talked on the phone several times. And then about a week and a half later, we ended up going on a second date. So during the time in between our first and our second date, we talked a little bit more about our past and, you know, we're just getting to know each other better, basically. Yeah. And so I had told him that I was married for 22 years and was a narcissistic situation. It wasn't healthy. It took a lot for me to leave and it's been a long road to rebuild, you know, the, the basics, but not going into great detail because I I've learned to, uh, to keep a lot of details to myself, especially when I'm first getting to know someone, Right. you know, you don't, you don't want to trauma dump on someone. So I just kind of gave him the, as my parents used to say, the reader's digest version, yeah. just, you know, the, <laughs> the little bullet points. And so he also shared with me that uh, he was one of 10, so he had lots of siblings, and he was the youngest, and that his parents, unfortunately, died in a car accident when he was 15 years old. And he was the only one left at home, which, of course, broke my heart. And then he uh, ended up being raised by his older siblings, and he had talked about how during that time, it was very difficult for him, but he had a girlfriend from middle school all the way through high school. And so he had been with the same girlfriend for several years by the time this car accident happened. And so he was glad that he had her, which was adorable. And then he told me that he ended up going to college with this same girl that he had been middle school and high school sweethearts with that had been with him through the death of his parents. And, um, which go go ahead to me is whenever, like I have a couple of friends that I went to high school with that they were 
boyfriend and girlfriend in high school. And then they were, you know, remained boyfriend and girlfriend all through college mm-hmm. and ended up married and have kids like, and they're still together to this day. And it is to me, like, those are such beautiful stories. Like, absolutely. I love it when people can do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I admired that a lot. And I was very glad as he was telling me this story. Cause I, I couldn't imagine, you know, I, I fell apart losing my parents in my forties. I can't imagine losing your parents at 15. So right. I was glad to hear during that part of his story that he had someone with him that at least could be there for him since his siblings were older and moved out of the house, except for, you know, the ones that he ended up moving in with. So then he graduated from college and this was in North Carolina and ended up marrying this, this woman who was his middle school and high school sweetheart. And they had two girls and basically we're, we're living the life. He was, he graduated from a college in North Carolina and was a professional opera singer. And um, he never told me what, what she did. I'm not sure, but they, uh, you know, built this life together. They had two girls and everything was going great. And then unfortunately when his girls were preteens, his wife was also involved in a car accident and unfortunately she passed. And I, I mean, my heart was just ripped out hearing this story. Like I, I can't imagine because I also have two girls and I, I just can't imagine, you know, them going through all of that, losing their mom at that age. And it's just, nobody wants to ever lose their mom, but to lose your mom when you're a tween and you're going through all those changes. I, but he had talked quite extensively about how difficult that was and that he understood my role as a single parent of two girls because he also was a single parent of two girls. And so we talked quite a bit over the next, you know, several days about raising girls and everything that goes into that, you know, when you're doing that as a single parent. So then our second date happened and um, my RV park here in Phoenix was having an open house. They had just built a new community center. So I invited him. They were having free food and free drinks and pool tables and, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah. he said he would come there for the second date. So he came to the community house and uh, we ended up sitting with a table full of people that also lived at the park and just had some beers, got talking, getting to know them. And as the night went on, we started sharing our stories, where we're from. Cause you know, it, it, except for him, the rest of us all lived in RVs. So none of us were from Arizona. And so we were all talking about where we came from and he had shared his story about his parents passing in a car accident. And then unfortunately his, his wife also, and, and the couple that we were sitting with had a teenage girl and he was commenting to the parents of this girl that he knew, you know, how difficult it was to raise a, a teenager because he did it on his own since his wife had passed in the car accident. And my admiration for him just grew like what a, what a strong man to be able to not only do that and go through all of that, but then to be able to talk about it to other people and, you know, provide that sort of advice about raising girls. I just was like, wow, this man is amazing. So we continued to, to talk pretty much daily. And, uh, and he's more of a 
talker than he is a texter. So we talked on the phone for hours and hours and hours throughout the next couple of weeks. But then it was time for me to move back to Texas. So I packed up my RV, moved back to Texas. And while we had a couple good dates, I just, I don't know, I didn't get any huge feeling that it was this, you know, amazing spark that was going to lead into something long-term and outstanding. So, so I packed back up, moved back to, to San Antonio with you. (laughs) And, um, and then to my surprise and actual, um, joy, I, I, I was happy to find out that he wanted to keep in touch. And that was fine with me because I really enjoyed, you know, my time, my couple of dates with him and I enjoyed talking with him. And so we spent the next several months talking and texting daily and he would, uh, he would call me every day and we would talk on the phone. Sometimes he is a um, retired opera singer now and a truck driver for his second part of his life career. And so he would be driving for long periods of time and he would, you know, call me on FaceTime and, and be driving and we would just talk and talk and talk about everything. And so during that time, I really got to know a lot about him and his history and raising his girls by himself and um, just uh, all that he had been through. And so my, respect and admiration for him just grew the more that I learned about him. And I, I remember when you moved here and you talking about him and I remember, um, you telling me like it, it was definitely a slow burn. Um, Oh yeah. I was very proud of both of you that it, you, you both handled this in a way of let's keep in contact, you know, let's get to know each other slowly. Like Mm -hmm. I had, I had huge admiration for the way y'all were handling how you were getting to know each other. Thank you. Thank you. And I actually did too. I I was really proud of both of us for just uh, the term that we used several times as we were talking on the phone was organic, just how organically we let it grow and, you know, got to know each other slowly. For example, I remember one day we talked about how each of us reacts when we get upset. And we had never gotten anywhere close to being upset with each other. But just to have that sort of conversation, I felt was so healthy, you know, to to talk that over before it happens instead of waiting till you're in the middle of it and finding out that you have completely different arguing styles. So we, we had talked about that and we had talked a lot about our kids and, um, he had mentioned a couple times when his daughters had come to visit him and that they went on shopping sprees. And, um, one, one trip that he had taken for work was he drove his truck through the city where one of his daughters lives now. Cause of course they're adults. And so he had talked about, you know, how happy he was that he got some, to spend some time with his oldest daughter. And, um, and we talked a lot about, you know, our daughters and how fabulous it is to see them living life as, you know, kick-ass adults and all of the joy that goes with watching your kids be successful as they, you know, morph from, from teenager to adult. And, uh, I just really had a lot of respect for him talking about how strong his girls are and everything that they're involved in. And what, which is actually, um, 
conducive to how you are. Like you're very proud of your girls. Like the, the way you portrayed it, it what he talked about is mm -hmm. very conducive to how you feel. So y'all even meshed on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. We talked extensively about that, about how amazing it is to not to take credit because of course the credit is, is on the girls for kicking ass and taking names, but right. just to the, the pride that comes from knowing that your kids are living a healthy life and being amazing young women. And we, we talked quite extensively about that. And um, yeah, we just, we talked for, for months. It ended up being um, a couple months that we ended up on the phone, either FaceTiming or texting daily from sunup till sundown. And then his work sent him to San Antonio where I was living. So I was so excited. You know, we, we've built this, this beginning relationship, friendship, whatever it was going to be at that time. You know, we, we still didn't have a name for it. We weren't exclusively dating by any means. I wasn't expecting that. And I know he wasn't expecting that out of me. So we just kind of were letting things unfold how, it, how, it unfolded, but then he said that he was going to be in San Antonio for an overnight. And so I got super excited and, um, and he wanted barbecue. So he rolled into San Antonio. And then, as you know, the four of us went out and got barbecue, you and your hubby, and then he and I, yeah, and, and I got to meet him and uh -huh. everything that you had told me about him was a hundred percent real. Like he was you know, this really good looking guy, he presented himself very well. He like, we meshed instantly. He was very uh -huh. easy to talk to and, yes. and had such a, a like, I, I want to say it like a jolly sense of, you know, sense of humor and uh -huh. just uh -huh. everything about him was jolly. Like he just always had a good outlook on everything. And it ended up being like a very pleasant evening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we went to our favorite hangout and he mm -hmm. even, you know, got to know our, our buddy, the bartender there and had great conversations with her. And he, he's just very friendly and outgoing guy. And so that went so well that I thought, okay, you know, I'm, and I'm mentally checking off boxes in my head, like, okay, this, this is still going really well. Like maybe there's potential here, but again, I have rushed into things before. And because of that, I have missed red flags. So I was almost glad in a way that it ended up being a long distance sort of thing for several months because it gave me a chance to get to know him slowly and, look out for those red flags. But you and I had conversations time and time again that there just weren't, there weren't any. Right. And, you know, there, the conversation flowed, everything was, was beautiful and wonderful. I think the only red flag that <laughs> I joked with you and him actually about was, uh, was that he was bougie. He likes expensive stuff. Yes. And he was definitely bougie. And yeah, it, the fact that y'all were, you know, states away from each other and still put in the effort, even when you weren't exclusive and, and didn't have to, you were uh -huh. still putting in the effort to check in on each other, to get to know each other, to talk about things that even when we're dating, you know, face to face, we, we sometimes end up in a relationship before we ever talk about the things that y'all talked about. And exactly. then it's too late. 
Right. And so I just, I, I was super happy and proud of, of both of us for just taking it in a slow but sure manner. And, you know, it gave us both time to, to see if this was something that, that we thought was going to develop into something. And so then he left San Antonio on that trip and, um, and another couple months passed where we were talking on the phone every day and he would FaceTime me and um, he graduated from University of North Carolina and, you know, Carolina blue is their color. So he would FaceTime me when he was at Macy's and show me all the Carolina blue stuff that he was buying because that was his school. And, uh, and I would joke with him about how bougie he was and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it uh it just became a thing you know it, sometimes he would facetime me while we were shopping together and sometimes we'd talk on the phone but it was hours on end and i think the longest we talked in one day was like three and a half hours and it was just such easy flowing conversation and i thought okay this i think is is going somewhere and I remember, then, I'm sorry. I remember oh, when you, I remember the moment that you were like, okay, I, you would, you would literally get off the phone with him and you would text me and you would say, I, I can't believe this man is real. Like he mm -hmm. is, he was checking off all your boxes and I could tell right. and as your best friend, cause I've, I've known you to date other people and I've never seen you like as happy as uh -huh. you were with him. Like it was, it was very much an easy, I was so happy because it was such an easy growing relationship for you. And Absolutely. It was one of those things I was like, yes, that you're finally getting that relationship that you deserve. Yep. And you know, I, I felt the same way and I, at the same time was learning a whole lot about existing in my feminine energy, which is something that I haven't really done in the past much. And so I'm learning about this and, and purposefully kind of like trying it out with this guy, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I'm not texting first. I am not chasing. I'm not going to try to sell myself. I am who I am. And if he likes me, then he will let me know that. And he did every single day. Yeah. He, he was definitely pursuing. Absolutely. He texted first. I made sure of it and not because I was playing games. It's mm -hmm. not that at all. I just historically have been one to try to prove my worth to someone. And, you know, that's something that I have learned about myself and have learned is wrong and that I was trying to do correctly this time. So I was just very cognizant of the fact that I was not going to prove myself. If he liked me and wanted to pursue me, then he would. And if he didn't, then fine, I'll move on to the next person. Right. But he did. He continued to pursue me for days on end and, you know, Months phone calls end. and months on end. And it ended up being, you know, aside from that one trip where he uh, came for the overnight, it ended up being about four months that we were talking and FaceTiming. And I thought, well, I mean, my gosh, if, if somebody's going to go to this much trouble to talk to me for, you know, a couple hours a day, then this is obviously worth pursuing. Right. So then 
he had mentioned that work was sending him to San Antonio again. And I was all excited because this time it wasn't an overnight. This time it was going to be for several days. The event that he was bringing stuff in for on his truck was a five day event. So he would be here for days. No. So I let me ask you at this point, how long had you been talking to him overall since, since you met him? Um, I met him the beginning of October. I moved to San Antonio the end of November. He visited the beginning of January for that overnight. And Mm -hmm. then this particular trip that was going to be multiple nights was the end of April. Okay. So six months. Mm -hmm. So a decent amount of time. Yeah. And so I remember when he first said that he was... uh, going to have this, you know, multiple day trip to San Antonio, we were so excited that we FaceTimed you. Yes. And the three of us sat there and talked for what, like half an hour probably. Yes. I was like, (laughs) Cheryl and someone is calling me from a area that I don't recognize. I answered and I saw it was you two. And I was like, oh my gosh. And we talked for half an hour And that is when I got to, you know, me being the best friend, I'm going to step in and I'm super protective. As you should be. I, you know, that's when I started, you know, asking him questions and things like that. And he shared his story with me and Uh I actually got a little teary eyed on that, um, that conversation because just the way he talked about, you know, how raising his daughters and everything on his own, like as a mom and you know, you, you did the same thing as as a mom of daughters and, and I have a son, but as mom of children, you instantly are like, Oh my God, like his his heart or his story just touches you. And absolutely so deeply. And you know, he's not, he's not braggy about it. He's not over overly confident about it or douchey about it. He's, he's just like, you know, I had to do what I had to do. I had to step up. And yeah, it was a, it was a very wonderful half hour of conversation and it it got a little deep, which, you know, but it wasn't an awkward deep. It was a, it was a beautiful deep. Yeah. It was just a bonding between parents who had for different reasons Mm -hmm. had to, you know, raise their kids with, with one parent absent. And so the three of us had some wonderful conversation and, and that's, um, that's actually the conversation where we said, you know, you should be on our podcast yep, and tell yep. your story. And he was, he was very excited about that. He was, he was. And he, I remember exactly that moment because you said, you know, if, if you're willing to tell your story, that would be a great story. And he said, well, I know your podcast is called Drunk Divorced Divas and I'm not divorced, but I would still love to tell my story as a single parent. And we had mentioned to him that we have a couple widowers on our page because I know we have a, a, at least a handful yeah. that, uh, that are active and maybe more that are in the background. And so I knew it would resonate with several of our listeners. And it's a, it's, it's a great story about, you know, perseverance and overcoming so many hard times. And so of course we were like, yes, 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 let's do this. So that was planned for his return trip to San Antonio. We were going to come to your 
um, no, you were going to come to us. Yes. I was going to, cause yeah. my dogs are loud. <laughs> yeah. You were going to come to us and we were going to record to the hotel room that you two were sharing. Yes. <laughs> and we were going to record episode 32, which is this episode. So, um, I was going to sit on your nasty sex bed. <laughs> I was willing to do that. <laughs> well, it was not even a nasty sex bed. So let's get into this part of the story now. So San Antonio trip comes around and actually it worked out perfectly because his work ended up being right in downtown San Antonio. And so his company put him up in a hotel across the street from the Riverwalk. And all of this working out so perfectly, he came into town the day that Fiesta starts. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Fiesta, it is the biggest to do in San Antonio. It's a two week long party uh, celebrating the Hispanic culture and the, the history of San Antonio. And it is parades and people and colors and flowers and beverages and music and all, all the fun stuff that go, you know, with big festivals. But it's also a super incredibly busy time. And so I was so excited to have a hotel room downtown San Antonio within walking distance of the Riverwalk and of all the festivities. And so we ended up planning everything around, you know, Fiesta and you guys were going to meet us downtown mm -hmm. and we were all going to walk the Riverwalk. Everything was going to be fabulous. Um, I was living in Dallas at that time. I had moved to Dallas in, in the middle of all this. I left that out, but life of, of an RVer. <laughs> so I had, uh, I had moved to Dallas. And so I, I left Dallas and went to San Antonio to meet up with him and ended up meeting him on Friday. So we met in the hotel parking lot and he took all of my stuff out of my truck and took it upstairs while I parked my truck in true chivalrous form mm -hmm. as he had been nothing but a gentleman right. up until this point. And then I parked my truck, went up to the room and we said, Hey, so, so here we are fiesta. What are we going to do? Let's, let's go to the river walk. So we went to the river walk and we're walking around and just checking everything out. He had never been before. So he was, you know, taking in all the sites and during fiesta, everybody wears bright colors and flowers and there's music everywhere. And it was just fabulous. So that was day one. So day two, we ended up going down to the Market Square, which is the Hispanic hub, really, of, of downtown San Antonio. And um, we were supposed to meet you on that day, but that happened to be our second wedding anniversary. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So we, we ended up, because my husband being in the military, he was only in town for literally overall, it was like a day and a half. And yeah, if that, yeah. And so it, it didn't work out. It was unfortunate that it was our anniversary weekend. So we ended up doing anniversary festivities in the 24 hours that I had with him. Yeah. So um, we were 
unable to meet you, but y'all did send us a picture. Um, <laughs> we did. We did. A drunk picture. It was super cute. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's fiesta. So yes. we, we woke up on Saturday and I was getting ready and he said, I'm going to go downstairs and grab us breakfast. And I paused for a second and I was like, oh, oh, okay. And so then he went downstairs to get us breakfast. And in my head, I was like, I, I wonder why he didn't just ask me to go with him. But yeah. maybe he just wants me to get ready so we can go, you know, down to fiesta. So I didn't think too much about it. But he didn't ask me what I wanted or anything. And so I, I was a little like perturbed, you know, I'm like, yeah. well, at least ask me what I want. But he, he came back from the breakfast and he had two identical plates. So everything he wanted, he also got for me. So we'll, we'll give him credit for being, maybe he just didn't know better. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And so it did, it, it, it did strike me as a little bit weird. Like, first of all, why didn't we just both go downstairs and get breakfast? Yeah. And second of all, like, why would you assume that I just want exactly what you want? But whatever. Like, I just let it go. I'm, mm -hmm. That crossed my mind. But then at the same time, I was like, you know, he probably just wants me to get ready. And, you know, I'm doing makeup, hair, all of that. Yeah, there's a party out there. Let's go. Exactly. Exactly. So we have breakfast. I get ready. It's like barely 11 o'clock in the morning and we crack open our first beers. And it was a day long of partying. We had a beer in the hotel room before we left. We had another one as we were walking to Market Square. We got to Market Square. We had another one. I, it was, I mean, that's what you do at Fiesta, right? right? Everybody's drinking. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's celebrating. So we had a couple drinks and then decided we were ready for lunch. So we got to lunch and went to Mitier, I think, yeah. which is one of the best Mexican restaurants in Market Square in downtown San Antonio. It's I, been there forever. It's I have beautiful. been going. I have been going there since I was in fourth grade. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah this was only my second time there because you know I. I hadn't been to San Antonio when I was little. So I, but I, I have heard that it's been around forever. And so we were super excited. We put our name on the list. We got in, we got our table. We were seated next to this huge mural of famous Hispanics. And so I was looking at them and trying to figure out who was who. And I was talking to the waitress and, you know, like, who's that? And who's that? And we were, we were just trying to figure out who a bunch of people were. And he didn't seem to be familiar with anyone. So he just kind of listened. And then the mariachis came around because in this restaurant, there's several mariachi bands and, you know, they come around and then yeah. they ask if, if you want them to sing for you. And then you give them a little tip or whatever. So they came to our table and they asked if we wanted a song. And I said, yeah. yeah. And so I requested a song that I, uh, that I like, and they sang it and I sang along. And when I was singing, I looked over at him and he kind of rolled his eyes and I was like, well, that's weird, but okay, yeah. whatever. I, I just figured, you know, at this point I'm like three beers in, I'm singing with the mariachis and I just thought maybe I, I was, 
being a little extra and he wasn't comfortable with it or whatever. Right. But I'm like, you know what? I don't care because this is me. And if you're going to like me, this is what I do. I right. sing along with the mariachis. And he he knows, like at this point, you know, it, it's been six months. He knows my history. He knows I lived in Mexico. He knows my daughters are half Mexican. He knows I speak Spanish. And uh, teach so I did Spanish and, and, and teach Spanish. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I have a, one foot in the Mexican culture and the Spanish language. So I didn't quite understand the eye roll, but I just was like, maybe I'm being too loud for him or whatever. Yeah. And let it go. So we finished lunch, got back out to, uh, to market square, which was shoulder to shoulder people at this time. And so we got another drink and went to some live music. So we're listening to the live music where everybody's dancing. So, um, so this live music is playing. And of course the, the singer is trying to get everybody dancing. So he's singing all the popular songs, you know, all the songs that are going to get people out there on the dance floor the outdoor dance floor. We weren't inside, we were outside. So there's thousands of people all over the place, wall to wall people. And we're listening to this band and the band starts the next song, which is basically like the Mexican version of Sweet Caroline. I'm going to say like, yeah. everybody knows it. And when it comes to the bum, 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 like everybody sings that part. Right. Right. So so they start playing that song and everybody in the crowd, because most of them are Hispanic, it's fiesta. The whole point is to celebrate the culture. And everybody's like, yay, and they're celebrating and all excited. So I'm excited too. Like, I love this song. So the band starts starts singing and then it gets to the chorus part where everybody's singing along and you can hear it. Like it's echoing off the sides of the building. People are singing along so loudly, including me. And I catch him with that same look that he had with the mariachi band, that kind of like eye roll, like, what are you doing, right? This time I called him out on it. I was like, two times in a row, I, I can't. Yeah. So I'm like, what? And he said, well, I, like, I, I don't get why you're singing. Like, you're not even Hispanic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what kind of ignorant statement is that? Yeah. So I, I was annoyed because, again, he knows my history. He knows I've spoken Spanish the majority of my life. And I just chalked that up in my head as like, okay, now I'm starting to notice, you know, red flags here and yeah. there. So that that definitely was chalked up in my head as, as something that I needed to pay attention to. So then we ended up having a, a decent time the rest of the day and went back to the hotel room okay it's but hang on time out okay no you're fine go for it because you also told me that he made some comments that you didn't think anything about at first but now after you know this weekend you did notice them like they they did matter and those comments were so he mentioned to me on that 30 minute or 40 minute FaceTime call that we had, he mentioned uh -huh. to me, he and I made a bargain that we would get you in heels because he, he likes heels. Again, he's bougie. He, yes. likes, he likes a woman in heels, but you have never worn heels. I'm six one. My ex-husband yeah. was five ten. I've yeah. never yeah. had a reason to need heels, right? Exactly. We convinced you and it, it was like an ongoing joke. Like, right. Yeah. He would send you pictures of heels. I would, you know, say, oh my gosh, we're going to get you in heels. Like it was, a, it was a running joke. 
Absolutely. Yep. And I would, little... send you, I would send y'all pictures of Birkenstocks. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Right, and, right. And he knows this about you. And didn't you tell me that throughout the two days that you spent out in public, he would point out women in heels? Yes, yes. So we're on our way back to the hotel room and we're we're leaving Market Square and we decide to go back to the Riverwalk, which is, you know, it if you're not from San Antonio, it's like, I don't know, half a mile of separation. Yeah. So we get back to the Riverwalk and we've walked a lot by this time. We've also been drinking for like, I don't know, seven hours straight, something like that. So we find a wall to sit on on the river walk to people watch. So as we're people watching, he then starts pointing out every beautiful woman and her heels. Oh, look how pretty she is. Oh, look at those heels. Oh, look how pretty she is. Oh, look at those heels. And I'm not insecure. I have no issue with saying, yes, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. I do not mind that at all. Right. But after like the fifth or sixth woman, I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. Like heels. I get it. You want me to wear heels. So I'm kind of perturbed at that. Right. And, and this is just adding on to the annoying things he's done throughout the rest of the day. So then I had to use the restroom and I, I go into the restroom, you know, and I, I'm kind of moody at this point and, uh, and trying to like rectify it in my own head, like snap out of it. Do not get all moody about this. And so I go to the restroom and I come out and I'm like, we're just going to finish having a good time tonight. So I sit down and he's taking a (laughs) selfie at this place where we were seated next to each other. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. So then I'm like, hey, let's take a picture of the two of us. So I take a picture of the two of us. And then I said, uh, I'm going to post all these pictures when the weekend's done. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah. But there was definite hesitation there, right? Mm -hmm. So as that hesitation is coming out, I see him posting the picture of him by himself on the Riverwalk on his Instagram. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, I'm still okay with this because we're not exclusive. I I have no right to be like, why don't you post the picture of the two of us? Like, I'm not his girlfriend, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. Post the picture of you by yourself. So he does. And then we're just people watching for a little bit longer, but then he starts like, he's texting and texting and texting. And I'm like, "Mm, uh, okay. Okay. Like it's, that's a lot of texting you're doing there. Like you're here with me. Why can't we enjoy this moment? But I'm thinking, okay, it's his daughters, you know, whatever. And I was texting my daughters too. Like, Hey, look at the river walk. Look at all these pretty people. Look at all this flowers and everything. Well, so when you're on a date with someone, your phone usage is to a minimum because yes, it, it, unless, you know, unless you've been together for a long time and you understand, but when right. you're just getting to know each other and as y'all were, you're definitely respectful and cognizant of your phone usage. Absolutely. But Absolutely. as you said, and as you told me, it was, it was excessive. It was, it was. And not until that point, but at that point it started getting excessive. And then it just happened to be right after he posted this picture of himself on the Riverwalk. And so, you know, that it, just like all the things that had happened earlier that day, that registered in my head, like, 
Okay, potential red flag. So now I've got the fact that he didn't invite me to breakfast, Mm -hmm. the fact that he rolled his eyes a little bit with the mariachi band, the fact that he didn't understand why I was singing along in Spanish, like he was embarrassed at that, and all the heel women, beautiful women in heels comments, and then this selfie. So all of these things, you know, I'm just registering like red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah. And I had gone into this weekend just kind of knowing it was going to make or break where the future of of he and I were going. So at this point, I'm starting to feel like, okay, like maybe this just isn't what I thought it was going to be. And this dude is seeming a little bit different from the guy I've talked on the phone with for several months. So we go back to the hotel room and uh, go to sleep. That was all there was to it. Good night. Actually, I showered. Mm. Then we went to sleep. Nothing. Like rolled separate ways, him facing one wall, me facing the other wall, go to sleep. Wow. And yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's Mm. interesting. He turned towards one wall. I turned towards the other and we fell asleep. So then again, in my head, I was like, was that a red flag or did we just have a really long day? I don't know. I'll see what happens in the morning. Right. So I wake up in the morning and he's gone. What time? I woke up at like seven. And he's already gone. And he's already gone. And so I know he's an early riser. And so I'm like, okay, you know, he just wanted to let me sleep. He'll come back soon. So I I actually ended up falling back asleep. So about, I don't know, 7.30 or so, I hear the door open and I'm like, oh, he's back. So I'm waking up slowly but surely. I roll over and there's a coffee in front of the TV, but he's gone again. So he had come in the room, left me a coffee and then left again. And I'm like, why, why saw you you waking up? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely saw me moving but but left again. So I'm like, okay, he still is giving me time to wake up. Maybe he's going to get breakfast. I don't know. I'll give him a little bit of time. Two hours later, he had not returned. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm like, okay. So I'm running all this through my head, right? Like everything that had happened the day before, the fact that he woke up and left, like we hadn't seen each other in four months. We're building this so-called maybe relationship and you don't want to even like wake me up with some morning hugs or cuddles yeah, or anything. Or good nothing. morning. I'm going to step out. You keep sleeping. Like whatever. Exactly. Nothing. He's just gone. So at that point, after it had been four hours that he had left the hotel room, I packed my shit and I was like, there's no way I'm done. I packed all my stuff up. I, you and I had talked during that time. Yeah. And I told you I was packing and I would talk to you when I got into the truck. Yes. So packing everything, like I had sprawled out quite a bit in the, you know, those couple days and this was supposed to be a five day vacation. So I had quite a bit of stuff with me. So it took me a good, I don't know, half an hour ish to pack, packed it all up, got in the elevator. I know exactly when you left. Because I remember the time. Yep. And uh, got in the elevator. And as soon as I got off the elevator, I see him face to face. He's sitting in the lobby on his tablet with his earbuds on talking to someone. And so at that point, I'm like, really? Like you left me for at that point, it had been almost five hours 
by myself in the hotel room so you could come downstairs and talk to someone. It was almost time for lunch. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. almost 11 o'clock by this to give To give listeners context. Like it was yeah. almost time for lunch. Like breakfast was way over, beyond over. Oh, yeah. yeah and it was almost time no. for lunch. And he still had not come up there and checked in. Absolutely. Yep. So I just, like, after that, I knew. I was like, okay, I have my answer. This is not my person. I am not doing this. Like, this weekend was going to make or break us, and it was definitely a break. I'm out. So he sees me, and he gets up, and he's like, Cheryl, where are you going? And I said, I, I'm leaving. I'm going back to Dallas. And he said, but I, I'm just on a work call. And I said, for five hours? I, and then I went to like explain and then I'm like, no, I stopped myself. And I said, it's not just this, it's everything. And so I just left, I walked out Yeah. and, uh, and then got in my truck and called you and proceeded to like vent to everything that had happened in the yes. last 24 hours. And, and uh, a couple of things that um, you mentioned to me was that, throughout the, those couple, first few days, he had been, he had name dropped a few female friends uh -huh. and that he had been texting with those female friends, but uh -huh. he explained them as, you know, just th they're what they're in a group together or there's a bunch of them that they all. Yeah. So he's in this meetup group or meet me group or something. Um, and they all just, hop online together and like hang out, hmm. which fine. Again, I'm not his girlfriend at this point. So right. I have nothing to say about that. You want to get online and chat with people? Okay, fine. But not while you're with me and not in the hotel lobby while you leave me in a room by myself for five hours, right? right. Nope. Sorry, not doing that. So I just left. I didn't want to hear an explanation. Like there is zero explanation he could have given me at that point to explain why he left me for five hours in a hotel room. Right. So I left, drove back to Dallas and uh, was just, you know, decompressing the whole time, running everything through my head. And, um, and, and we'll get into it in a minute, but uh -huh. Vina was doing some other things. Yes, yes, yes. So um, as I'm driving, and I talked to you for probably, what, two hours? Yeah. And I was just kind of going over everything and all the red flags that I had seen the day before and how they weren't gigantic deal breakers, but they all added up. And then, you know, the the leaving me was just kind of the icing on the cake. And, um, and so as you and I are hashing all this out. Then I start reflecting on the last several months and all of our conversation. And then I'll let you jump in with, uh, with where your thoughts went from there. Okay. So you were telling me, you told me about the, the conversations you remembered some of their names, the women that he talked uh -huh. about and any other time it wouldn't have been a big deal. Right. But for some reason I am different than you. I, uh -huh. it's the, the way you explained it, you're not a jealous person. I am an no. extremely jealous person. So without asking your permission, <laughs> I'll Which admit you did that, not need. I did a little bit of that female, I'm a cancer 
and this is what we do. We're really good about when we hear something and it doesn't sound right, we recognize uh -huh. it instantly. So I went onto his social media because keep in mind, he followed me. Uh -huh. I didn't go stalk him. He nope. followed me. He became very intertwined in my life and your life. Um, right. I Absolutely. considered him, I considered him a very good friend. You know, I uh -huh. have no qualms at all about reacting to a picture or a story or a text or so I went onto his social media and I wasn't allowed to be friends with him on Facebook. It was always just on Instagram. Right. And Same. looked at his followers and two of the names that you mentioned were in his followers on Instagram, but I, I instantly red flags went up because I noticed that these weren't your everyday girls. Now uh -huh. with my background, I have absolutely I am not shaming these girls for what they do. Right. Because I was once in the sex trade myself uh -huh. and I admit that, but very clearly two of the girls that he followed were cam girls from Mexico. Mm. And I told you that there, I, I did a bunch of research. Like I, I went down a rabbit hole and uh -huh. I said, the, they're cam girls. So yes, he's online with them, but these are, and from what I could tell, they were um, more on the amateur side. Uh -huh. So probably very responsive to yep. their, their following. Well, especially if they're getting paid. And they, the fact that they follow him back and right. all, like at least two of them are cam girls. Uh -huh. And he had, you know, presented these people as his friends that he frequently streams with when he's cooking or when he's out for a drink. And <laughs> so, sorry. Oh, he streams with them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's not exactly what I for that stream. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're not watching him cook. Exactly. <laughs> he's so watching exactly. them cook. <laughs> Uh, they're watching something, but I don't even want to know about all that. Yeah. So, so then I'm like, okay, so based on who I thought this man was, you know, by the conversation, by the history, and then the way he just treated me in the last two days and the fact that his supposed friends aren't friends, all of that just really piqued my interest. Like who, who exactly who have I been talking to okay. for these last six months, right? So then after you found that out, and then we spent the next the beginning. <laughs> so then we spent like the next hour or so, right? So because I'm on my five hour drive back from San Antonio to Dallas. We spent the next hour or so talking about, well, if that was a lie. What else was a lie? And I and, I remember saying to you, uh huh. And I never, in my wildest dreams, thought it. But I remember saying to you, "What if something else was a lie?" Yeah. And you said yeah. no. And we both, we both at the same time, because we've, especially you, have known this guy. We both at the same time said no, and we dismissed it. Right, because I'm not oblivious. I'm not naive. But I also wasn't going to jump to conclusions that right. everything was a lie. Right. You know, it's just, but, but then it did start the wheels turning. Like if he lied about his supposed friends, 
then what else could he have possibly lied about? Because not just, you know, the, the fact that his friends weren't actual friends, but also on top of that, that his behavior when we were together in person did not match his behavior on the phone. So all of this together just made me really curious, like what else could have been going on here? And on his Instagram picture that he posted just of himself, Uh I innocently, like without knowing what was going on completely had posted Uh on that picture. um, I hope you're having a fabulous weekend. Take care of my bestie. Uh-huh. I'm sorry we couldn't meet up, but I will see you soon. You know, right? Hearts, because we were supposed to record the next day, right? All three of us, right? So, yeah. And then some other woman had gone in and commented on that same picture with a bunch of like flames and hearts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, didn't raise any red flags to me because we were not exclusively dating, and so he was allowed to have as many women having his attention as possible. Right. But then (laughs) your comment suddenly got erased. Deleted. That bitch bitch got deleted. Yeah. Your comment got deleted pretty quickly too. Yeah. So, so then that just added to the, like, what the hell is is actually going on here? Right. But that, but that other girl's comment stayed. Exactly. The flames in the heart stayed, but your comment about be nice to my bestie disappeared. So then I'm like, okay, I'm just adding everything up in my head verbally with you and, you know, mentally to myself and like, okay, wait a second. All of this is not adding up. Like this person who just a couple weeks ago said, you know, I love the way this is developing organically. You're the closest thing I've had to a girlfriend in a really long time. I can't wait to spend these days in San Antonio with you, blah, 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 blah. And then to be together and have his behavior not match those words at all just really got my gears turning. It was a complete 180. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I got back to Dallas, got back to my camper. And, um, I think I talked to you one more time Uh and then, um, and then it was late, but I, I couldn't sleep. My mind was just still kind of like, what the hell's going on here? So I don't know. I, I don't know if it was intuition. I don't know if like the dating gods were striking me with lightning. I don't know what it was, but something told me to look for him on the Facebook group. Are we dating the same guy? Mm -hmm. So Sidebar here. If, ladies, you don't know of these groups, they exist in most major cities throughout the United States. They're Facebook groups and they're called, Are We Dating the Same Guy? And then you add your city in at the end. Yeah. Are we dating the same guy, Phoenix? Are we dating the same guy, Dallas? Et cetera, et cetera. So I joined the Are We Dating the Same Guy, Phoenix group. One of the admins happened to let me in right away, which was very cool timing. And I searched for his name. Would you know, he popped up as the second person with his name. The first person was not him. So I was like, okay, maybe not. The second person, full on him. His picture, same picture used on Bumble. And this woman had posted him and said, watch out for this man. Red flag, red flag, red flag emoji. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So I'm like, "Mm, Mm. okay, I need to know more. So I messaged her 
on Facebook and said, hey, I just saw your post on Are We Dating the Same Guy? I have just spent the last six months talking to this man, just spent this weekend with him, and I'm really curious to know about the lies that you're talking about. Well, again, the dating gods were watching over me. She happened to be online at that same time, so she answered me right away. And she said, oh, girl, let me talk to you. <laughs> I'm like, tell me more. And so she had dated him exclusively, or so she thought, for, um, for about eight months. And he was, you know, like with her and her daughter and grandchildren day in and day out. They had built quite a life together and were exclusively dating for a long time. And then she said, and then I found out that everything he said to me was a lie. And I just instantly felt horrible for her because that's a really long time to be with someone and have your children involved yes. and your grandchildren involved. And then to find out everything is a lie, but I needed to know more. So I, you know, was very empathetic to what she said. And I said, you know, oh my gosh, that's horrible. But can you expand on the lie part? And she said, the very first thing she typed back was, well, for starters, dot, dot, dot. And then she sent me a screenshot of his ex-wife's Facebook profile. Oh, which, which wife is this? The one that was, um, the one that died in a car accident when his daughters were tweens that therefore put him in the position to raise his daughters all by his lonesome and teach them everything about growing up as young ladies and all by his lonesome. and cycles. He told me about having to teach them about their cycles and, and the birds and the bees talk. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. His ex-wife is alive and well. <laughs> he is not a widower. He is divorced, which he made it a point a point several times. I cannot tell you. I cannot count them on both hands and both feet. How many times he made it a point to say, well, I don't understand from a divorcee perspective, mm -hmm. but I understand from a widower perspective mm -hmm. and a single parent perspective. The amount of times that he went overboard to make sure that I didn't think he was divorced. His ex-wife did not die in a car accident. She is alive and well. And, and, and tell me, Cheryl, did he raise his daughters and teach them all these things and go shopping with them and be with them? You know, oddly enough, not only is his ex-wife not dead, he hasn't talked to his daughters in over 13 years. Motherfucker. He did not lose his wife. He did not grieve as a widower. He did not raise his daughters. He did not go through any of that shit that he extensively talked to us about. He went and had some sort of affair thing mm. with some other lady in another state, got her pregnant, not once, but twice. And his ex-wife found out about it and left him. Holy but shit. Every that story 
gains him no sympathy. So why tell that story? Yeah. And, and remember on that car ride home when we both had that moment where we said, yep, well, is like, surely he wouldn't lie about his wife being dead. And we both dismissed it. And we thought, no, no one is, is that right. Terrible. And then you tried to look for her obituary just so we could put our minds at ease. Yeah. And yeah. I, oh, I yeah. couldn't find it, but I thought there's a million reasons why I couldn't find it. Maybe I don't have the spelling of her name, right? What, whatever. Let's, this will all work itself out. Surely he's not lying about that. Any Absolutely. Absolutely. Like this supposed death was, you know, close to 15 years ago at this time, the internet wasn't as detailed as it is now. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just, it's not easy to find whatever. There were a thousand different reasons that went through our head. No, this motherfucker killed off his wife in his story and she is alive and well. He had an affair, had two more children. Is he with in those children? Other women, uh, no, that he is <laughs> in no way involved with and apparently owes quite a bit of back child support for. His dad of the year shit that he sells and uh -huh. has me over here in tears about. Is all bullshit. His first two children don't talk to him. And his second two children, he doesn't even claim. So he has four children out there. The second two that he will not talk about, at least not with the people that I've spoken to who know him. This wonderful lady who I, my heart goes out to her because again, she was in her mind, exclusive with him for eight-ish months. He had built a relationship with her daughter. I mean, just like ridiculous. And to find all of this out after that, I would have been through the roof. So oh, yes. I, uh, my heart absolutely goes out to her, but she was so sweet and so kind and answered all of my questions, told me about his ex-wife being alive and she's actually friends with his ex-wife now because when she found out that his ex-wife was alive, she had to kind of like check in and be like, wait, so all of this is a lie? And his ex-wife was like, yeah, that's how his story goes. And that blew my mind because like I was married to a narcissist for 22 years and he has told some shitty stories about me to try to get people to dislike me since the divorce. Mm -hmm. But I have never ever been dead in any of his stories <laughs> i can't imagine who kills off their ex-spouse like just say the I'm mother divorced. the mother of their children of his the children mother of his children the woman that he loved with all his heart and soul for a period of time in his life is now made up bullshit story to him and, my one, mind. and one that he was one day away from telling on our podcast. You know, I can't believe. He was one, less than yes. 24 hours away from, Absolutely. from being on our podcast and telling that bullshit story to our listeners and doing it without like any thought whatsoever. Like he was- no. He was his real name. He was going to go on our podcast with his real name mm -hmm. and tell that fucked up story 
I mean, what the hell? Like, what if his kids got a hold of that? Can you imagine your dad? Like, they probably are used to it by now. But can you imagine hearing your dad talk about your mom being dead? Like, a a whole bullshit made-up story? Listen, I have told, and I'll say this really quick, because I... I have an absent dad. My my stepdad is an Correct. amazing man and he's been in my life and he is my daddy. My biological yeah. sperm donor father, he abandoned us when I was three years old. And mm-hmm. whenever I was 18 and tried to get a hold of him and finally found him, he told the cop, um, the police department to call me and they did because he mm-hmm. was long story. You'll y'all can read about it later, but he had them tell me my past is dead. He wants nothing to do with you. Like his past is dead. He wants nothing to do with you. He didn't say like, I know he was out there telling everybody, Oh, the past is dead. But do you know what that did to me as an 18 year old girl hearing that, even though he wasn't in my life and I, I spent my whole life fantasizing about him and wondering if I would ever get to meet him. And then to have a stranger tell me, oh, I spoke to him and he said to tell you his past is dead and he doesn't want anything to do with you. That destroyed me as a young girl. Absolutely destroyed me. Uh, how could it not? Oh my gosh. So I, how I, could it not? I feel so much empathy and sympathy for those young daughters of his. If, if they have heard of this and I, you know, as many, as we will find out soon, as you know, many mm-hmm. stories as he's told, eventually it is going to get back to them. And I, my heart breaks. absolutely, absolutely yeah. breaks for them. Like I am angry for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine that this is the first time they've heard this story. And I'm sure it has something to do with why they don't speak with him anymore, Mm -hmm. but to like continue to tell that story, like you are almost a 50 year old man, like grow the fuck up and do the right thing. And then that's not even all of it. Not only (laughs) did his wife not die in a car accident, his parents did not die in a car accident with his little brother in the car. None of that happened. He not only killed off his ex-wife in his bullshit sympathy story, he killed off his parents. And then I found out his mom did pass at an earlier age. His dad lived to be 80 years old. But not in the story he told me. His dad passed at a very early age when he, not his dad, but when, when this dude was 15 years old. Yeah. How do you kill off your mom, your dad, your little brother, your wife, and tell bullshit stories about your daughters continually, continually. So so all the times that he said he had to go because he was taking his daughter shopping. (laughs) So, so then uh, great question on the post in, um, are we dating the same guy? There were another couple ladies that were on that post. So of course I messaged them too and was like, Hey, (laughs) I want to hear your story. And, and they told me that they also have been talking to him for the last several months and we had very similar stories. So basically when he had to go because he was quote unquote 
shopping with his daughters or talking with his daughters or spending time with his daughters. He was just shuffling between the cam girls and the at least four of us that I know of women that he was quote unquote, you know, courting or whatever Mm. you want to call it. So he sent that picture um, of him at the river walk where he was by himself when I was exiting the restroom he sent that picture to the other two women that I talked to and oh. said, the river walk is really boring by myself. I wish you were here to spend it with me. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> and I told them, I was like, that motherfucker, I was sitting right next to him. And I have a picture of me sitting right next to him as he's texting you that he's lonely and he wishes you were there to spend it with him. Yeah. So everything out of his mouth was a lie. He didn't lose his parents. He didn't lose a little brother. He didn't lose a wife. His daughters don't talk to him. He did not graduate from UNC. He was not an opera singer. <laughs> he did not go to school in California and oh, wait. get a Wait, remember when I looked on his LinkedIn and it said, <laughs> it, it literally said that he had graduated from uh, North Carolina, University of North Carolina, uh-huh. and then right underneath it, it said graduate certification from MI fucking T. MIT, yeah. And the man is super intelligent, so you I didn't doubt it at first because yeah. he's a very intelligent man. And... I was taking, you know, a digital marketing course over the last couple of months, and he talked to me about his experience in digital marketing through, you know, the different colleges he's been at. All bullshit. All of it. No MIT, no college in California, didn't even graduate from North Carolina. Like, all of it. His entire existence is a lie. So he was never... He was never an opera singer. So he's not a retired opera singer. So no, was he, he sang in the acapella group when he was in college before he dropped out. Okay. What was he, was he something before he was a trucker or has he been a trucker for a long time? Um, from what I gather from the people I've spoken with, he has been a trucker for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all the rest of it is just embellishment to try to make himself look like this amazing person, which he's not. He is purely a piece of shit. There's nothing wrong with being a trucker. There's nothing wrong with being divorced. There is everything wrong with lying about your story to try to make yourself look like someone that you're not. To kill off your own parents and your little brother. What kind of fucked up person does that? Like, like that blew my mind to find out that his ex-wife is still alive after he had told so many stories, so many. He looked me dead in the eye in San Antonio, was taught, was having a a reminiscing moment about his ex-wife. Well, his deceased wife at that time looked me dead in the eye and said, I loved her so much. We would still be married today if it weren't for that accident. Wow. Like the extent of the lies. Oh. This man has just been living this lie for so long that he believes it himself, I think. Oh, he 100% does. 100%. Yeah. Does. And remember when we were on the FaceTime together, um, the three of us, and he said, 
uh, I, I witnessed this, but I didn't catch it. I forget how he worded it, but that the death of his parents helped uh -huh. him, yes. prepared him for to lose his wife so that he, he knew how to be there for his children. Yes. yes. Yep. He said in some ways it was a blessing that he went through that because it prepared him to help his daughters through their mother's death. The parents what? that never died, the wife that never died, and the children that you did not raise, you never taught a damn thing to. Like, what? Exactly. What the hell? The only thing you taught them is what a piece of shit you are. Yeah. That's all you taught yeah. them. Yeah. And now all looking at it, it, it makes sense why we weren't allowed on the Facebook because yep. on his Facebook, because I did a little digging and it, I found out that that's where his, his family primarily is. Mm -hmm. The people on his Instagram are all his cam girls and his friends. And, oh, speaking of, let's, who's the girl that, that, uh, did the hearts and fire emojis right on, on that picture that he took in San Antonio mm -hmm. when he was with you? Who is that girl, yep. Cheryl? So she was also dating him here in oh. the Phoenix area. And, um, and they had been dating for, um, she said a little over a month and she thought they were exclusive. And, uh, and so like, I just told her like, Hey, I, I just want you to know, like, none of what he says is true. You, you do what you want with that material. I'm just letting you know. And she's like, okay, thank you for letting me know. So her and a couple other women that I spoke with on um, Are We Dating the Same Man, we just all compared stories and he told the same bullshit story to all of us. Wow. I know. And then made sure to block all of us on, uh, well, one of them, I, I don't know because I didn't follow up with, uh, with her, but the other three of us, he blocked all of us because... Of well, yeah, he doesn't want us telling his story. Right. You can't be out there running it for all the other other multiple women that he's right. telling you about it to. The like, man, dumbass, you knew I had a podcast. What the fuck were you thinking? Oh, he was <laughs> exactly. And he was about to come on to like, you know what? I I this is I texted you this. Like I, I'm uh -huh. stuttering because I'm so flustered. I texted you this, but I mean it. He wanted his fucking platform. He wanted, yeah. he wanted to tell his story, his heartfelt story about lying about being, having, you know, his parents killed in a car wreck and him being a widower because his yeah. wife was killed in a car wreck. And he wanted that platform and he wanted to put it out there. Well, motherfucker, you got your platform. Your story Absolutely. is out there. It wasn't how you wanted it, bitch, but it's out there. Sure is. Sure is. Welcome to so our you platform. you your 15 minutes of fame. Here you go, baby. Yeah. 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 So any, uh, I know we have uh, quite a few Phoenix area listeners. If this story sounds vaguely familiar to you and it's coming from a six foot five man, then uh, <laughs> slide into our DMs because we can provide you with more information if you want to know if it's who we're talking about. I will not say his name. He doesn't deserve that. But uh, yeah, so we, we talked about this before, but I feel like it's kind of like 
you know how the criminal always goes back to the crime scene? Like if you yes. watch Criminal Minds, they always go back to the, and in real life too, but they always go back to the crime scene just to, you know, kind of poke fun at or to say, haha, I got away with this. And I feel like this is a very similar situation. Like he's been pulling this bullshit on individual women for years and he's gotten away with it. So now he was like, Ooh, okay. So I've conquered that. Can I get away with it on a whole ass podcast and tell my story to all these people who want to mm-hmm. listen? And I really feel like that was his mentality going into this. He thought he would get sympathy from a a bigger platform and mm-hmm. and keep in mind you know we're we're not the biggest you know platform out there but we have a few thousand followers and so yeah. he saw that opportunity and he thought he that would open a whole bunch of other doors to him and and you yep. know what it did it it 100% you your story is out there but it's not it it's not opening doors for you no It is not. It is not opening any doors for you. And I hope it closes a ton of doors for you because women deserve better than that. I mean, men do too, but we're talking about this particular situation. So women do not deserve that bullshit. There is absolutely nothing wrong. And again, I've said this before too. At our, if if we're talking about our generation, Gen X, our current divorce statistics are sitting somewhere around 55%. Mm-hmm. 55% of us have been divorced at some time in our lives. There's nothing wrong with just coming out with your reality. Yeah. You know what? I got divorced. It didn't work out. I have two daughters out there. And I mean, if he wasn't spewing lies all the time, maybe they would be talking to him. But I have two daughters. The divorce was ugly. Right now, they're not talking to me. I hope that changes in the future. Like be a man, yeah. be a real fucking man and just tell your story the way it is. Yes. Why twist and convolute your story in such a way that it's not at all your original story? Like what a piece of shit. Utter piece of shit. I, I just, Absolutely. I, to me, this, this, this takes on like whatever issue that he has, like, and the fact that he has done this for so long that he mm-hmm. lives this story. I mean, he's got the story down pat. Oh, yeah. Having having witnessed his story and having witnessed his emotion, he and seeing he's so kind and he's so gentle. Mm-hmm. Like, I honest to God believe he's a sociopath. Oh my gosh, there's no question about it. Like, no question about it textbook sociopath. Absolutely. And I never felt in danger with him. Mm -hmm. I will say that. But if you go to those extremes to lie about your life, then I'm sorry, but you're capable of anything. Oh, 100%. Absolutely anything. If you can kill off your wife and your parents and your little brother in your story, then what kind of fucking psycho are you? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me that he, you know, he takes his daughter, you know, purse shopping, you you know, how young adults are, you know, expensive as hell. He told me, he was like, man, she, he was talking about his oldest. I think she's so expensive. Just that's disgusting. That's foul, foul as fuck. When you find out that none of it is true. 
Right. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, just ridiculous. So obviously I, well, before I blocked him, I screenshotted the uh, the picture of his very alive ex-wife, sent it to him and said, oh my gosh, you're a piece of shit. And then I blocked him on everything. <laughs> everything. Like I, I don't ever want to talk to him again for any reason whatsoever, but I do want to get this story out here because... First of all, I know that he will continue to tell this story. And if anyone in the Phoenix air, actually, you know, he's a trucker. So if anyone out there, yeah, if this story sounds familiar to anyone, hit us up in the DMs and we can talk about, you know, names and, and that, but, uh, yeah, because his, his other two kids that you didn't even know existed and that he doesn't claim at all are not anywhere near Texas or Arizona. Oh no, they're up in Ohio. Yeah. So yeah, so, so anything's possible. Anywhere. He's trucking all over the country. Yes. And also one part of the story that I left out, but but is useful at this point. Also, I had left San Antonio at about 10 o'clock in the morning. At 10:30, I pulled over to the rest area and opened Bumble because I was going to delete him. And saw that his location says San Antonio. And I texted him, are you kidding me? I just left half an hour ago. And he said, I don't get your point. Like Bumble follows your location. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Only if you open it. Not unless you sign in. Exactly. So I had not even been gone half an hour. And he had already started looking for his next date for that evening. So wherever in the country he's traveling to he will be logging on to yeah. his uh to his dating apps so, so if this sounds familiar to anybody mm-hmm. please let us know in the dms and, and we, we have a lot of followers in from the san antonio area yeah a lot of followers yeah. so keep that in mind ladies yes yeah and you know, even if this is not the same exact man just keep it in mind if you start catching inconsistencies and in some one story as nice as they may seem just don't be naive because as wonderful and lovely as someone may seem and as easy as the dating world should be there's a lot of fucked up people out there that make it really complicated and i want to put this disclaimer out because see i knew about are we dating the same guy um Uh i knew about it before you ever went on there Um, and discovered it yourself. I want to put this disclaimer out because just like you found out, there are people that are on there, you know, it's not one of this, Oh, we're just out to get everybody type of thing. Uh -uh. There were, there are threads on there and posts on there where someone's like, I really, you know, like this guy and, and it's, it's happening. And I I really want to commit and move forward. And they post and people underneath are like, you know, I think you're all good. And it's so positive and best of luck, honey. And Mm -hmm. you know, you got this and it's not for the purpose of just destroying people's lives. Like, no, there's a reason that those websites and, and those Facebook groups and things like that exist. And it's because of assholes like this. And we do realize exactly there, just like there are wonderful women out there, there are wonderful men out there. And so there is a lot of positivity in there as well. But yeah, absolutely. People, yeah. 
people like this are the reason why these fucking groups exist and we have yeah. to protect ourselves from you because you sell it so fucking well. Right, right. Yeah, and there are there are beautiful stories of, you know, women who will post pictures and say, I've been dating this guy. It's going really well. Does anybody have any tea or red flags? And nothing comes back. Right. And then, you know, they're just like, okay, you're good. Like, go get them. And that's fabulous. But then there are also times when people post pictures and then you find out that they're pathological liars or they're married mm -hmm. or they have other women who think they're exclusive and it's just a shit show out there. So you just really have to protect yourself and double check what's going on. Unfortunately, and, you know, I wish that weren't the case, but unfortunately that is the culture that we're living in. Yes. And best case scenario, you get a story like this where, you know, yes, it hurt, but you, all you women came together and you all told your story and you all are wiser and, and you've actually kind of made some friends out of it. Yeah. You know, Worst case scenario, you end up on all of those crime podcasts and, you know, 60 minutes and true crime stories. So don't beat yourself up because you question something and you want to find out more. Like there's a lot of shade thrown at someone who's like, well, I went down a rabbit hole. I did a little investigating. I wanted to find out more. If they have nothing to hide, they shouldn't care. Right. But you have no, and that's to exactly yourself. You have to. There are some crazy motherfuckers out there. And a real solid dude will not get mad at the fact that you're trying to protect yourself. Because a real man understands that there's fuckers out there like this. And that we need to watch out for ourselves. Yeah. A real, so, a real man would laugh and say, oh, my God, what did you find? Like, can I see? You know, like, and y'all right. laugh about it, like, oh my God, what, you know, I've never Googled myself. What does Google say? Or, yeah, you know, exactly. that is what you're looking for. Someone that has nothing to hide and they're not upset with you for making sure, just making yeah. sure, because we see it all the time, all the, all time, the time, where it either ends up like this best case scenario or it ends up worse. Right. And I thank God that I, paid attention to those little red flags and got out of there before my emotions were really tied into it. Mm -hmm. But I have seen women on these sites that unfortunately aren't that lucky. You know, they, yeah. I've seen wives, I've seen women who thought they were exclusive with men for a couple of years and then they find out that's not the case. And yeah. so you just have to, you have to watch out for yourselves because there are just a lot of unhealed people out there who are making a shit show of this yeah. dating world. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being willing to come on here and share your story. And I, I have been so excited about this. Like I said, in the beginning, I have spent all day <laughs> just absolutely frothing at the mouth, waiting for you to tell this story. And I've been so excited to, to tell it as well. Yes. Yes. And I, we truly appreciate it. Number one, it was entertaining as hell. Number two, it possibly could save some people a lot of heartache and, and possibly even worse. So. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to like, 
you know, trust your gut instinct, I guess, is, is the, the main point. Like, and do all the work little... on yourself, do the work on yeah, yourself. So that exactly. you, you exactly. learn to have a gut instinct. For sure. Because old me would have taken all those small little red flags and been like, ah, I can make those work. I can justify them. I can deal with those. Yeah, absolutely. But instead I added them up in my head and, you know, took notice of them and was like, nope, nope, this is not for me. So trust your gut instinct and keep working on your healing so that you're able to catch those red flags when they do come about. Yes. Yeah. And fuck cheesy ass, dumb ass men who can't be real men. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, real men. Where you at? I just need a solid man who's like secure enough with himself to not be a shithead. Not to. I know they're out there. I know they're out there. Whole family. (laughs) Right. In a story. For real. Like weirdo. What a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And we will see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye.